yes. Welcome again, people, to The Proper Podcast. We're so glad to have you back here, as we say every week, but we do mean it because you're all bloody lovely. So thank you for joining us. And this is the place for boxing knowledge. I mean, myself, if you've been listening to me for a while, you'll see that I predicted Fury to absolutely destroy Ngannou. I predicted uh, Chantel Cameron to beat Katie Taylor. And I predicted Conan to beat Gil. (laughs) So, as you can see, this is the place for boxing knowledge. Stick with us. If you're putting any bets on based on, like, my predictions recently, you might be fucking bankrupt now. But keep listening anyway, because it is a giggle, so fuck it. How are we, boys? Kaya, what are you saying, bruv? No prodigy this week, no? No, no, mate. I'd I'd, uh, night in with the kids. Well, I say that, I say say that, but really, I just told them to go downstairs and go in their rooms, and I watched the boxing so, um, yeah, no, it was a nice, quiet night. Ordered a Domino's, a few beers, and um, I actually fell asleep on the sofa before Conlon and Gill. So I watched that about an hour ago, actually. So my mind is fresh to talk about that. But, yeah, I really enjoyed the card, chaps. Honestly, can't wait to uh, to start talking about it because so many interesting talking points off the back of it, you know, what's, what surrounded the card, um, how Eddie put it together, where it was, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah, let's let's get cracking with it, mate. It was really good. Yeah, really enjoyed it myself. Johnny B, how are we, bruv? Nah, I'm not all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not all right, bruv. Explain. I'm not all right. Get on what happened. Well, you know I have a wife, don't you, Mrs. B? Yeah, Mrs. B. Yeah. Do you know what she's gone and done? Don't you? What's she done? She's broke her fucking arm. You're joking? Nah. Can you fucking believe that? Hell. How? So she's gone she's gone roller city with the kids. There was a kids' party there. Some little ten year olds come flying towards her, nearly took her out. She's got out of the way, gone over, bop, about ten inches up from the from her wrist. Oh fucking straight break. You know, like when you get the phone call, oh. I'm at work yet. Yeah. I'm down Winter Wonderland, mate. I'm like backed up in a load of traffic in the cab. I've got you know, people on board broke my arm you gotta come home so like i live out in essex yeah <laughs> that's far away i'm like oh you're joking babe you're all right oh you're right inside i'm like fuck my life man if she's got one arm i'm in big fucking trouble man i've got two kids nine year old and a six year old leading up to my busiest oh, time no. of my life christmas so i've had to grow another arm for the last week mate i'm doing Fucking so hold on, mate. Is it is it pinned all pins and shit yeah, in it and all that? Nah, it's just clean break. She's got a uh, splint on. She's got a cast on. How long's that? She's on got for? a cast on. Six weeks cast, then it comes off. But it won't be normal for six months, apparently. Oh dear. Oh. <laughs> but you know, why am I laughing? I shouldn't be I laughing. Know, but you I'm know not like... laughing at Mrs. B. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at him. <laughs> I'm laughing at Johnny B. Cause... But you know what? I've got my kids like you're getting the Christmas tree today. You put the lights on the house. You do this. You do. That. I'm like, oh, I can't do anymore. <laughs> oh mate, <laughs> you got to start learning how to use your toes to do things. I think. Oh, mate, they're fucking long enough, mate. Um, <laughs> but And then on top of that, on top of that, right, I, um, I actually had my back molar out the other day, so I've had my tooth out and all. Fucking oh, fuck dentist, knee on his chest, mate, cracking out my tooth. That's so, killer, uh, isn't it? Yeah, bit of a uh, sick household at the minute. So anyway, I'm bringing violence today, mate. I'm going to let it all out on YouTube, because something YouTube said last week as well, I'm going to pick you up on this week, but we'll get into that a little bit later on in the podcast. So stay tuned, mate. But um, yeah, let's let's go where this goes. Lovely jubbly. Go, Jesus fucking yeah. hell. I took my little cousin roller skating the other day. He smashed into this bird. I think she broke her fucking <laughs> arm, actually. But uh, anyway. 
Listen, right then. I'm going to get uh, my Connor Ben's fucking lawyers on you, son. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Okay, then. So, well, we will be talking about the card last night, which, as Kai said there, was thoroughly enjoyable, actually, out in Belfast. Um, we should be talking about the interesting fights coming up this week. Chris Billum, Smith and Masternak. And, of course, Haney versus Progray. That's the one that is putting blood in our helmets, and we can't wait for it. So, <laughs> let's get on to last night, then. Unbelievable scenes. As I said, I think me and you, Kai, I think we predicted... Uh, Jordan Gill to get flattened by Conlon. Johnny yep. B, did you say that as well? I said points, and that's all I ever said, boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said points, but after I see the weigh-in, I've got to admit, I, I voice noted uh, the boys, and uh, I just thought, yeah, Gill just looked out of his depth in the weigh-in. He just, like, I thought he looked scared. I thought, um, it just shows you, in it? Like, sometimes they say in it, be always be aware of the quiet one in the room, like Conlon, bit of, you know, big mouth on him. He just, yeah, he looked bigger, huge, more intimidating. I thought that the weight suited him more on the scales going up to super featherweight than it did uh, Jordan Gill. But don't judge a book by its cover because, as you say, in the ring, completely different story. In his own backyard as well. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, but not unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? The evidence was there. The receipts were there that that was going to happen. I'm absolutely over the moon for him because he's had a sort of up and down... He's had up and down career, isn't he? And uh, this has now opened him up to what? No, who knows? I mean, he could be going into world title territory of another couple of wins, maybe another win. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, it was a sensational performance from Jordan Gill. Um, yeah, as I say, we uh, kind of predicted Conlon to uh, bring home the bacon based on in his backyard. He's probably had a lot better wins over the course of his career than Gill. They're both coming off bad defeats, but yeah, um, Conlon just always looked like the more accomplished fighter to me personally anyway. Um, but um, it was an absolute spectacle from uh, from Gill and him and the team. Maybe Lee Wood had a lot to do with it. Lee Wood knew how to beat um, Conlon. Anyway, they got it absolutely spot on. So then let's get your thoughts on it, Kaya. What are you saying? Yeah, mate, I'm like you. I, I, uh, I picked Conlon to, you know, have the bit between his teeth, come back, knowing that this, this is an absolute must win. And I think the word really that separates these two fighters was intent. And I think um, from the moment the first bell rung and they went in the middle of the ring, Jordan Gill just had all the intent in the world. And I don't think Conlon did. He was stepping into his shots, wobbled him in the first round, sort of middle, middle back end of the first round, caught him a flush. I think it was like a short right uppercut. Uh, straight uppercut. I don't. I don't know what type of shot it was. It was arced round though, and and it and it kind of landed flush on his uh, on his on his canister and wobbled him. And from there, I thought, well, this is it. This is it. There's no way you're getting wobbled in the first round when you're supposed to be fit, fresh. You know, up up at a new weight. You're not drained. From then, I think the right was on the wall. And then you know, as the rounds as the rounds evolved, um, yeah, it was just. Um, yeah, it just looked more and more one-sided. And then to my fucking shock, horror, when uh, the full round popped up after the full round, I looked at Barry Jones' scorecard and he had fucking Conlon winning the fight. I thought that after as After four well. rounds. I and couldn't I'm looking, believe that. The commentary was biased. They, they, look, they all wanted Conlon to win because that's their ticket into Belfast. You know, Eddie, Eddie Earn didn't want Jordan Gill to win that fight. You see, at the end of the fight, it looked like a bulldog chewing a fucking wasp. Eddie Earn didn't look happy at all. Even when he, Jordan Gill's dad was shaking his hand, he looked a bit uncomfortable. I thought, 
fair enough. You didn't want him to win, but at least fucking look like you're happy a little bit. But yeah, I mean, look, as, as the fight as the fight went on, I think the only round I really gave to Conlon was the fourth round. Um, you know, but every time Jordan Gill landed, he just looked like, you know, he looked like the man that was possessed. He looked like the man possessed. He looked like the one who really wanted to win. And with Conlon, I feel like with Conlon, he just, he's caught between two styles. I'm not sure this new coach has done anything for him, really. You know, if you if you don't have the punch power to earn that opponent's respect, why are you standing in the pocket firefighting with them? You know what I mean? You shouldn't be doing that. Use your boxing skill, your your elite footwork, your amateur pedigree to just pick pick your shots and move, move off the line. Every time he landed, he was coming back in straight lines, leaving his head on the line. And Jordan Gill, in the end, was doing what Lee Wood, Wood, Wood did in their fight, just standing in the pocket, hunched over, taking a load of shots and then landing one power shot as he was coming out. It, it, the, the blueprint was almost there and Michael Conlon was doing the same thing over and over again. I'm thinking this is going to be over. Round six or seven, this is going to be over. And yeah, I was I was, I was, was spot on with it, really. And I think, um, yeah, respect to Jordan Gill. He moves on now. And I'll tell you what I think about Michael Conlon in a minute, though, once you, you've told me what you, you guys think about the fight. But, uh, but yeah, it was um, pretty well, shocking um, stuff. Can I just, can I just ask? How did your bet go? Oh, the bet fucking, yeah. Lucky I had a stick of fiver on it. <laughs> <laughs> I had um, I had Troy Williamson to win, to beat Aguiarco. I had uh, Lewis Crocker to knock out um, Tyro McKenna. The, the first one coming, though, I did have Sean McCoon to win on uh, on points, but the rest of it was fucking, yeah. Straight out of the fucking uncle proper betting shop, that was. <laughs> Do you take that back to William Hill and go, well, come on, I've got the first one, right? Then that, and that quarter of the money, no? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear but yeah yeah shocking stuff oh my god Tyrone McKenna man we'll talk about mm. that in a minute Jesus Christ um, Johnny B thoughts on the fight yeah Gil as I say you just spot on intent the way he came out the first round I was looking at him and I feel myself what the fuck like in all the fights I've seen Gil he just he seems to like fight on the back foot he doesn't really seem to sit down on his punches and I was watching him in the Kiko Martinez fight and I felt like it was only a matter of time before Kiko was going to get to him because he was just like, it was easy to read his rhythm. He was just like doing the same thing on the back foot, like moving to the left, throwing the sort of same combinations then to the right. And I thought it was, it was just very readable and, and that's why I thought Condon would win. And I, I thought, I did, I did say last week, I don't think Condon has the power. Can he be a world title? Can he win a world title? I, felt, I said, no. Um, but yeah, I didn't. That this Jordan Gill that came out at Super Featherweight, I ain't seen him fight like that before. I don't know if anyone else has. It was like the way he had these hands up and he was moving in. Intent is the perfect word. I was like, that's what Canelo does sometimes. The way he just moves in and moves his head, like with intent, as in, I'm going to scare you. And like, he fought beautifully. Like, just the combinations, throwing the punches. He's like, taking a punch as well, like his punch durability was well up there, considering getting dropped by Gwerfi, you know, uh, getting dropped by Kiko Martinez, so I was thinking, fucking hell, I thought the same thing about Barry Jones and the, uh, the scorecard, I'm thinking, am I watching a different fight here? Um, yeah, calculated aggression, breaking him down, as for um, Mickey Conlon, look, th- this is it, in terms of the general public, hold your head up high, right? You fucking decorated amateur to come out of Ireland. You got in the ring. You put your fucking balls on the line and it didn't work out for you. Many people wouldn't even fucking dream of getting in the ring and fighting in front of thousands of people, right? But 
you're done. Like at this level, at the pros, like you're just not good enough to fight at the pros. Like whatever he was doing at the amateurs was working, but fighting at the pros, I don't think he's good enough. I really I don't. I felt, let me, let me say this. I just felt that when, what you were saying, the way, you know, Mickey Conlon fighting on the back foot, like, Keep it moving, you know. You got your your combination punches and that. But when you want to press a fight and you want to step in, you want to close the distance. Sometimes it's like we we talk a lot about different styles and there's feints and like, but sometimes it's just fucking decision making. It's ring IQ making the right decisions. And I felt like the way he was getting in close, closing the distance, throwing these punches, trying to land a power shot. He was just leaving himself fucking wide open, head up high, like staying on the line, not getting off the line. And I, I, I feel like Jordan Gill, they was like, just press him, keep your hands up, take his punches and throw when he throws. You're going to fucking catch him and land. And when you catch him and land, he's gone because he can't hold the punch. And I listened to Teddy Atlas once, right? Not many people know more about boxing than Teddy Atlas. They said, what's the most important uh, uh, thing for a fighter? And he said, punch durability. If you're going to hold a punch, you're going to go places in boxing. And when you think about it with top fighters, can you do the 12 rounds? Are you fit as fuck? Because that's a massive thing for a fighter. Can you do the 12 rounds? Next thing, can you hold a punch? That's a massive thing for a fighter. Then all the other technical things can come off the back of it. But he just can't hold a punch, Conlon. As soon as he got wobbled in, I'd even say that fucking first round could have been a 10-8. Right? But after that, I'm thinking, oh, my God. like He's going to get beat here. Barry Jones gave... Thingy the first round. He gave uh, Conlon the first round. Yeah. Did he really? That? Yeah, he gave Conlon the fucking first round. Didn't oh, land nothing. Fucking unbelievable. Something. He, he I, I disagree, though, I that like Conlon... Barry. I like Barry, but I don't know what he was watching last night. Yeah, I disagree that Conlon should just now... Everyone's calling for him to retire. And do you know what? I'm going to pass it over to you, Unc, because you ain't had your say, but let me just quickly get this out while it's on the edge of my lips. Right, is that this card kind of epitomised for me where I think boxing should go moving forward. Plenty of 50-50s, people forced to take fights or they get or they or they, you know, get cut loose by Eddie. All the other promoters should uh should take note. You know, you either take these tough fights or get out. Well, you know, I'm not giving you fucking I'm not giving you one minute, Johnny B. I know you're pointing at me. Um yeah, I'm not giving you easy tickovers anymore. So Michael Conlon's taking this. I know we all thought it wasn't a 50-50. Jordan Gill I said before the fight, was a good fight. I didn't think he was on Conlon's level. I was wrong. But the rest of the card was all 50-50s. And I think moving forward, if a boxer has three losses, four losses, five losses, I don't think we should look at it and go, you know, get out of the sport, right? You're, you're not, you're not going to be a world champion, so that's it. I, I, I think we need to move away from that mindset. I think at the end of the day, it's a sport, but it's also a job, right? Michael Conlon's not made enough money to retire from the sport. I don't think he has. There's a lot of fighters. Only 5% of fighters come out of it financially sound, don't have to work again. So what's everyone expecting Michael Conlon to do now? Just get out of the sport. I know health is wealth. I get that. But I think the, the decision should be on the fighter as he's taken a load of punishment in his life. Maybe the Leewood fight was the one that, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back for uh, for Michael Conlon. But you look at the likes of uh, Derek Chisora still going, pay-per-view star, not pay-per-view star, but still you know, getting big, big salaries. I know he's a he uh, heavyweight. You look at David Price when he got knocked out a few times, come back, got in, himself involved in some big fights. I know, again, he's a heavyweight, so it's a little bit of an exception to the rule. John, I'm coming to you. Just give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> you keep putting funny. your fucking <laughs> finger up, mate. You're putting me off my fucking river, oh, me here, son. Uh, um, I, think, I think we need to move away from all of this. And uh, 
You know, it's easy for us to sit here and go, yeah, Michael Conlon should retire. He's never going to be a world champion. Troy Williams should now retire because he's lost two out of three fights. I feel like boxing needs to change in that regard. And you look at the, the likes of the UFC, some of those fighters have lost six, seven, eight times. Nate Diaz has lost probably 10, 12 times. He's a pay-per-view star and earns millions. So if you're not a, if you're not going to be a world champion, it doesn't, what I'm trying to say is, doesn't mean your career should necessarily be over. Still a job, isn't it, at the end of the day? That's what I've got to say. Go on. Uh, let me just quickly say this, and I'll fight over. All I'm saying, I'm, I'm completely the same school as you, Kaya. I 100% mm. agree with that, right? That's exactly how we've got to make these fights, right? And we've got to credit the fighters that lose. If they come to fight, credit them and big them up. I want to see them in another fight. Do you know what I mean? Let them earn their money. But all I'm saying is that these fighters need saving from themselves. And when you see a fighter get concussed the way Condor Naz and get beaten the way Condor Naz, Back to back, three times, Lee Wood. That, that punch from Lee Wood that sent him out the ropes. Fuck, there was, you think about that. He could have been in hospital, seriously damaged after that. In the 12th round, or whatever it was, 11th round, to be that exhausted at the end of the fight and to get fucking hit like that and get flung out the ropes. You can die from shit like that and have brain uh, brain damage. Uh, the Luis Alberto Lopez, devastating, devastating fucking concussion from that. And then again here against Gills, it's like, how many times can you get beating the fuck like that before someone says, do you know what, bruv? Like, there's other things in life that you can focus on. Troy Williamson, like, he didn't take a beating like that. So it's how you lose. And if you lose... Yeah, Conlon could have won that fight, like that. John. In my huh? opinion, Conlon could have won that fight with a different game plan. If Matt he would have just fine. boxed in the middle, like, in the fourth and fifth round, there was a little... Mo there were moments in that fight where I'm thinking, all right, you're landing your shots, now get out. You land in a three and four punch combination. Move. Not for me. Pivot Not off the me. line. Come off the line. Take your head off the line. Not for me. Reset and go again. But he was sitting in the pocket. And, and what we just said a minute ago. And wait. And Jordan Gill was just waiting. Well, okay, you're not bothering me. You're not bothering me. Bang, bang, bang. Right, I'm going to land this power, power shot. Have that. And that, that's Signal how the fight went. to see. Even yeah, that's, like, that's sorry, sorry, sorry uh, Uncle, you can have it now. All I'm going to say, even like with Conlon, going up to super featherweight from featherweight, you can say, oh, maybe it was the weight down at featherweight. You ain't even got that excuse now. I've seen all I need to see. I've seen all I need to see. Um, sorry, mate, go on. Um, yeah, I'll say I'm in, I'm in the same boat as you, Kaya. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the same boat as you, Kaya. That, um, I don't think he should retire, personally. Um, it's a living at the end of the day. I think he can definitely come again. Um, and I just, yeah, I do think he had the wrong game plan last night. However, Gill looked fantastic to me. I think the new weight has um, helped him out. All right, John. So for the listeners here, John's shaking his head, right? So I've got a question for you, John, right? So <laughs> the finger's up, right? So what do you think on this, right? So you're saying Conlon there. He's taken... <laughs> fucking finger. That's the thing. Yeah. Conlon's taken three batterings, right? Okay. What about... As you mentioned there, Kaya, these UFC fighters, Nate Diaz, all them, blah, blah, blah. When they have eight, nine, ten losses on their records or even five losses, in them five losses, they get absolutely pulverised. How's it different? How's it different? It's still a combat sport. Should they what retire? What about journeyman? Up? What about journeyman then? What about journeyman? Yeah. yeah because they get... Journeyman wait, wait, lose wait, about 100 answer. fights. Can I answer? Can I answer? I'll tell you what I because a lot of journeymen, they, they don't even want to engage, do they? Just fight, like, like they run around the ring or whatever. Maybe they don't take a lot of concussive uh, blows to the head. But what um, with, we have the UFC, like a lot of the finishes, it could be like a guillotine or they choke, they tap. It's not constant concussive blows to your cranium. That, that's all I'm saying. And when that starts to happen, people need saving from themselves. And I'm saying, I've seen enough what? in the last few Yeah, but fights. what about... 
What about that? What about that geezer that Ngannou fought and he knocked his fucking head into the crowd? He come again. He's been fight. He's had fights since. He's lost since. You know the geezer. Yeah, he hit him. His head went out the stadium. Yeah, he sent him into a fucking into orbit. He, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. he. Yeah, he, he's he's come again plenty of times, and uh, I think I don't see how it's any different. I don't know. I just think I, I, the, the level that Conlon thinks that he's going to fight at, like world title level, right? You're going to get severely hurt because there's people with heavy hands. Yeah, and I think if you want to go down domestically then. and fight, then maybe, yeah, carry on. But I mean, is he going to do that fight domestically? I he's don't just think he he's, he's fighting the wrong way at the moment. He thinks he's he can sit down Adam Booth. You sit down Adam Booth. He, he thinks he can hit harder. It's not about what he can hit. It's about his decision making and fucking his transition from the outside to in and trying to plant his fucking shots with his head wide up in the air and he's just getting tagged and people got no respect for his power and they're just fucking walking through him. All right. It's not a good sign at the World, world Championship All right, let level. me give you an example. Paulie Mananagi made millions, right? Barely knocked anyone out. Couldn't even knock himself out. Do you know what I mean? If he tried. So, you know, if you adapt a certain style with, with the right coach, Michael Collins got enough skills to maybe go again one last time. Let me give another example, right? Lee Wood has lost three times in his career. Lee Wood got knocked out fucking this year, earlier on this year by Maurizio Lara. Literally sent to the canvas, sprawling. Even then people were going, oh, well, maybe uh, you shouldn't it's fight Lara time. again. You're not getting what I'm saying. It's three no, times back to back. How many times is enough before someone says, this kid's going to fucking kill well, himself? Well, Jordan Gill three got knocked times out. No, and this and if listen, if Jordan Gill would have got knocked out in this fight, I'd have been saying the same thing because that would have been three times back to back for Jordan Gill. Even though he won the fight against Guerfi, he took a lot of damage. All I'm saying is, what's the threshold here, boys? How many times you got to see someone get knocked out before you go? Do you know what? He didn't get knocked out. He got stood up on. He got counted out it, on his feet. It was it's a different. fucking. It was a it's brilliant different. stoppage. He was. I, he was done in the first round, in my opinion. I fucking. I know. Knew I agree. Wrong. I agree. But it was the wrong style for me. It's the fucking wrong style, John. It really is. It's like. You're fighting in the wrong way. You're not using all your attributes. You're not using the stuff that, you know, you've you fucking built a career on in the no, amateurs, early on in your pro career. Uh, look, it's easy for us to all sit here and go, he should retire. Health is wealth. And I do I do admit health is wealth. Of course, it comes above everything. But imagine letting go of something that you've been doing your whole fucking life. You're looking in the bank. You're thinking, oh, I've got a couple of hundred grand in there. That's only going to last 10 years. I could fight again. I could fight maybe someone... I'll beat next time for fuck's sake. You Jordan know? Gill Just... don't even hit hard, Kaya. He's not even known for his fucking power, Jordan I know, Gill. I know. But what I'm saying is 130 pounds. He's obviously a lot fucking, he's a different animal, Jordan Gill. Unexpected to everyone out there, including Team Conlon. Team Conlon weren't expecting that at all. But there, I saw enough in that fight. There were pockets in that fight, moments where you could see Michael Conlon's skill set. You could see it. And I, I like the stoppage by Howard Foster. I think you could save him for another day if he wants to go again. He didn't get ironed out with his tongue hanging out of his mouth on the floor. He got stopped on his feet and he took What's it like a man. What's the excuse for this one then? What? It's just the wrong style, the wrong Wrong, wrong, wrong game plan. Come out like that. Wrong game plan. And on a, I think it was completely unexpected because no no one watching well, boxing. What, okay, okay. Hold on. No Are one watching boxing expected Jordan Gill to step into his shots and land power shots from the, from the, from the outset. No one expected that. So, Unk, you know. do you think? Do you think? Uh, so, are you, are you two, would you two call for a rematch then in this fight? Because no, where, where no, did no, they no. He got, he got finished. Because he got finished. Like it was Jordan Gill was sensational last night. He's he's a changed fighter now that he's gone up to that weight. 
Um, and he had, he, yeah, he's got the skills that pay the bills now. I don't know what he's been doing differently. Well, he's obviously got a new training camp around him. Hold on, he's been working with Lee Wood, um, who knew Conlon. So they come in with a great game plan. He just done everything right. But yeah, I mean, just on this argument of should he retire, I know he's had three bad knockouts, but you could also say, and people have said for Joe Joyce, like they said, they've said he should retire because he's had two harsh beatings in the last two fights. But I disagree entirely. I think there's plenty of great fights for him. You know what I mean? If Dillian White comes back or the winner of Dubois and Gerald Miller, Joe Joyce faces, faces them. They're, they're boxers at the end of the day. I mean, I understand the health aspect. I do. But I don't see why um, Conlon can't be in great fights. You know what I mean? There's people that he could be fighting. Like He could be a kind of gatekeeper now. He could one day get himself back up there. He could fight someone like John O'Carroll. Do you know what I mean? That's a good fight. There's plenty of good fights He's 32, Conlon. Yeah. He's not 36. He's 32. He was a whisker away from beating Lee Wood. A yeah. whisker. That's the thing, right? I, I do feel... I, re, I feel really sorry for him, in a way, because that Lee Wood fight, fucking hell, he was, what, 30 seconds away from beating him. And I know he got knocked out bad. Um, but... Um, yeah, I just... I think he should keep going. I really do think there's some really good fights for him. And I don't... I dare I say it, I don't think that was the worst knockout last night. Do you know what I mean? We've seen a lot worse than that. Do you know what I mean? He got stopped, but on his I mean, feet. If that would have carried on, if it would oh, have no, carried it on, I reckon stoppage. he would have been knocked that cold. It was a great stoppage. Every time I'm saying, Gil landed, he looked like he was in fucking bother, mate. I totally yeah. agree. No, and, and from the first bell, I thought I thought Gil's going to win. But, um, yeah, that stoppage, I just thought, oh, that's a really good stoppage. But I thought that's also saved him for another day. And I hope he comes again myself. Fingers up. Go on, John. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I, I just see I just see too much fragility in Conlon now. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's His punch piece. resistance is gone. I tell you that. Like, you're right about that. Yeah. I mean, if it would have gone to points, it would have been a fucking war and all that. I don't know. I, I might be saying some different stuff here. But the fact he's been stopped again. Um, yeah, I'd say... I, I, it's no shade on him, as a like. If you lose, like you got knocked out, just get out of the game and all that. It's not from, uh, from that. Respect him. I respect any fighter that gets in the in the in the ring. They're to be applauded. Do you know what I mean? But I just think they need saving from themselves. And I just think he's going to come up against bigger punches than Jordan Gill at fucking super featherweight. And um, he's just it only takes one punch. Only he's takes just, one punch. He's just anyway. The, the harsh reality is he's just not world level is he do you know what I mean he's kind of like a like a Martin Murray isn't he he's like a Martin Murray and like he, he went on for a long time do you know what I mean didn't he win uh, Wimbledon though Murray <laughs> did he win Wimbledon <laughs> what are you talking about are you serious what did you say not what Andy you fucking say? Murray Martin Murray you gump <laughs> We all remember when Andy Murray beat Golovkin, didn't we? That's unbelievable. (laughs) 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 You fucking binbag. I can't believe you said that. I was talking about Andy Murray the other day. I thought you, you know, like he's in that elite level, that next jump. I thought, what's he going on about Andy Murray for now? (laughs) Do you know what that is? That's years of... uh, Years of good times there, son. Yeah, Caught up with yeah. you there a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, mate? That's a, that's a geezer with three arms, mate, talking. When when hey, he uh, went Golovkin beat Martin Murray, the referee went, that's it, game, set and match. <laughs> that's 40 love. 
<laughs> Juice. <laughs> oh, mate. Okay, no. Fucking hell. Oh, that's fucking All right, class. anyway. Anyway. So right, then, God. next. What? Next, Rafael Nadal versus Tim Henman. Right, here we go. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> uh, hell. Oh. No, right, so, yeah, just on that card last night, because um, I really enjoyed the card. I thought it was really good. Um, Tyrone McKenna. <laughs> fucking hell. I thought he should have been stopped. Yeah. I thought he should have been pulled out by his corner. Yeah. He was never, ever going to win the fight. 100%. I really like Tyrone McKenna, and I love a boxer with a great heart. That man has got some serious fucking heart, but he's just not hes not the level of Crocker for a start. He's certainly not the level of Pro Gray um, who beat him not too long ago. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was very hard to watch. He never once looked like he was going to get a knockout himself. He never once looked like he was putting a dent in Crocker and... Uh, uh, it was hard to watch, but um, exciting times for Crocker. Yeah, mate. Yeah, no, I've, look, it was as one-sided as a fight as you're going to see, really, isn't it? You know, we were talking about 50-50 fights. That certainly wasn't one of them. And uh, there's not really too much to add other than, you know, everything you just said there, Runk. So like, it was, you know, too brave for his own good. That That is a prime example of a corner, a shit corner. Absolute load of shit, that corner mm. was. I'm sorry. If any of those corner staff, you know, standing there listens to this or this gets passed on to him, I don't care, mate. I think you put your fighter in a lot of jeopardy there. Way too many headshots. Pull him out of the fucking fight. There's there's nothing brave and uh, and good about, you know, going the distance. Oh, this man couldn't stop me. Fuck all that bollocks. Bollocks to all of that. Just pull him out of the fucking fight. Seven or eight rounds down. You're never going to land that, that money shot ever. Pull him out. That is one side as I've ever seen, really. And I like Lewis Crocker. I like his style. Really exciting. Really exciting. Johnny? Yeah, so I, I won't regurgitate all of that, right? But should we, should we talk about Agiarko and Williamson? Yeah, let's do it. Well, like, I thought that Agiarko was fucking brilliant. Do you know that? I thought he was really, really good. I love his style. I love his movement. I love his fucking lateral movement from side to side, the way he moves his head, the way he moves his shoulders. Like at times he comes in with sort of that Hagler style, but then other times he's sort of on the back foot picking his shots. And he had a big problem in front of him, Williamson. Like he's big, he's strong, he's got a fucking brilliant jab, and he, he lacks that. He lacks that lateral movement and that sort of you know upper body movement and stuff like that. What Agyarko has, but uh, I thought it was a brilliant fight, right fight, right time. It was a good test for him, and um, yeah, I was just really impressed. I'm looking at Agyarko, I think to myself, you look at the middleweight division. Right, so the top of the middleweight division, you've got um, Janabek, right? So he's the top guy there. But then who else is there? So you've got, what, Chris Eubank Jr.? Is is he going to fight 160? I know Liam Smith's going up to 160 now. I mean, that's a possible fight for a Gyarko. Liam Smith, that could be a fucking brilliant fight there. Don't know, is it a bit too soon for him? I think that was his 14th fight. But yeah, uh, interesting. I heard Eddie Hearn in the interview after, and apparently he said... It took a bit of time to get this fight together. He goes, so in terms of like a new contract, it depends on what Aguiarco and his team want to do moving forward, what type of fights they want. So like reading to that what you will, to me that was like they weren't really sure about taking a Troy Williamson fight. Um, they wanted a few more tick over fights. And obviously Eddie is now going back to what you guys had just said earlier. This is it. This is the time to play now. If it, like None of them easy fights no more. You're there. So it'd be interesting to see uh, what sort of fights he's going to take going forward now. I think there's a big future of the guy. Really, really impressed with him. 
Um, yeah, just his shot selection. Took a couple of heavy shots off of Williamson as well, and he seemed to hold them well. I thought his feet, brilliant. Brilliant feet. Like, middleweight, not exactly tiny as a middleweight. I thought his movement side to side constantly keep um, Troy moving. Um, I feel as well, like Troy Williamson, he's a guy that can come again. He's a guy that I want to see. This is the type of guy, like, you know, you lose this fight. Let's, yeah, sign me up. Next time he's on, I'm going to be sitting there with my popcorn ready. Brings it tough, strong, never give up. Just think, look, does he need to work on more, I don't know, what angles, upper body movement? He's up on his toes and that going in and out. But sometimes it makes you think that he's fleet-footed, uh, Williamson, the way he gets in and out. But I feel he's quite flat-footed. I don't know, there's not enough variety or movement of, of closing his opponent down. But um, but anyway, Agyarko just a level above him. So, yeah, can't wait to see who's going to fight next. Yeah, I, I thought the same. Um, I think Troy Williamson could be so good, but something's missing, isn't there? Like, I watched it when he beat, when he beat Cheeseman. I thought, oh, this guy's going to be a problem. But then since then, yeah, it's just been a bit flat since then. And uh, he looked so easy to hit last night. But I can't take anything away from Agyarko. He, he, was, he was brilliant. And... Um, I'm excited for his future. Don't know if he's got the power to. Um, I don't think. I don't know if he's got enough power going forward to get to the very, very, very top. Um, maybe he can outbox everyone. Maybe, but um, yeah, I think he'll need some power in there, and uh, I'm not seeing it at the minute. Um, or maybe Troy Williamson has got a blinded chin. I don't know, but um, yeah, exciting times for a Jarko. There's some really interesting fights for him coming up. I mean. Maybe like a Felix Cash soon or a uh, Denzel Bentley. That's a nice one. That's a good little fight, isn't it? Denzel Bentley or a Shiraz. But um, yeah, no, exciting Nathan times. Heaney, you mean? Um, sorry, Nathan Heaney. Yeah, you're right. Oh, that's the thing. Yeah. So like, because Ed, I think he's a free contract now. So Eddie Hearn, as you say, he's got the Felix Cash. Uh, uh, Frank's got, yeah, Hamza Shiraz. And who's the other guy you just said? Who's, who's Frank got? Nathan Heaney. Oh, yeah, Nathan here. So he's got a couple of decent fights to offer him there. It's be interesting to see what he does here. Or as you say, Liam Smith might sign with the zone. If he, he's, I think he's left um, Boxer now. Oh, is he? Uh, so he might fight with uh, with the zone. If he can, and then Chris Eubank Jr. is floating around. There's good fights there. There's good fights there. And like all those belts, they're not exactly uh, held, held by killers. I think Charlo's going to have to relinquish the, the belt at 160. So, yeah, I mean, Eris Landy, Lara, how long is he going to keep fighting on for? He, he's up there milling about. But, um, yeah, there's some good fights there for him. Interesting now for the UK fans looking at that division. Well, look, let me just add my last little bit. I won't keep it for too long with Agiarco. Agiarco did what Conlon should have done, right? So he caught with something early in the second round, right? And you could see it backed him up. I think Troy landed a stiff jab, then it was a straight right, and it really fucking landed it. Do you know what I mean? You could tell it just... Straight punch through the target, and then you could see Agiaka go. Oh, hold on a fucking minute! You know, I don't. I'm not engaging with this fella for the rest of this fucking fight. I'm going to go on the back foot and use my superior skills, and that's what he did. And I think the difference between someone like Williamson and Agiaka is just the amount of looks you've got in a ring, right? Your versatility. Are you able to win a fight several ways? And Troy Williamson can only do it one way. So when you're fighting the Josh Kellys and you're fighting the Agiakos, who've got brilliant feet and lateral movement. Troy Williamson will probably lose those type of fights. So whoever's matchmaking his career moving forward, and I think he should continue on because he's an exciting fighter. I want to see him fight again, Troy Williamson. Um, Just match him correctly. I think that might have been, you know, they're going on about, oh, he's been at the higher level, he's fought at a higher level. 
he's lost though at the higher level, right? When I'm talking about Josh Kelly, someone like that. So uh, Tyrone McKenna was the same. Well, you know, going to Lewis Crocker, I fought at a higher level. No, you lost at the higher level. So once you've, you know, you've rolled the dice, you lost. So with Troy Williamson, he can come again with Aggie Arco, brilliant ring generalship, figured it out himself in the ring and um, and danced his way to a, a wide points decision. I don't know what one of those judges we're seeing in that fucking fight. I oh, thought we yeah. won comfortably by uh, three or four rounds. Yeah. Somebody had it. So, yeah. Somebody gave it to uh, fucking Troy, didn't they? One of them. 115, 113 to Troy, wasn't it? Yeah. It's a joke. Fucking. Absolute fucking joke. What But going back to what you just said there, you make a really good point about Agyarko. Like, his ring IQ of knowing when to trade, you know, Keep on the back foot, keep moving, keep giving him different looks so he can't, you know, plant his feet and go to work because you know he's got power. So psychologically, you know, you've got all those fans there. He, he he wasn't persuaded by the fans of how I should fight this fight, right? So this goes Smart. back to Michael Condon, what I said at the start. Like, it, it, is it his attitude then maybe that's something that needs yeah. to change? Because maybe in that fight, you're fighting for, you've got all these fans. And fans. Did you notice in that fight, right? Those mid-rounds, you could hear a fucking pin drop. This yep. is in Belfast. I couldn't believe it. I thought, oh my God, they've all gone quiet. You know, sometimes you see that over the football when it's all, and then all of a sudden, you know, everyone starts singing again and that. But it went quiet for about three or four rounds, then it picked up again. So maybe psychologically, this Gobby Conlon, he needs to be humbled, right? You know, he Tony, needs to get rid of his team, John. Get rid of his brother and all these people would have been blowing don't, smoke up his ass. His whole no, career. Everyone's been act. telling Michael Conlon he's the fucking next coming for 10 years, and he ain't. He ain't. Go back to your roots, man. Get rid of everybody. You're very, very good fighter. Are you honestly sad he's going to get rid of his brother? Did you well, just maybe say not that? his brother. That's a little <laughs> bit much. Do you know what I mean? Like, I fucking, know you say, but it's like too many people gassing him up for too many, too many years, and I think you just got to get eat some humble pie now, and and you know just understand what your deficiencies are in the ring and work on them. That's what I'm saying. Like you're not as good as you think you are. So do the things you're good at, like Agiarko did in that fight. Because Aguiarco could have lost that fight. If he would have got into trade-ups and been backed up against the ropes, got a little bit of machismo in there, Williamson would have walked through him. But he decided, no, nah, I ain't going to do that. And this is what this is where Conlon goes wrong. This is why Lopez flattened him. And this is why he lost the fight to Lee Wood as well. Too much. Yeah, yeah but just like, much. that, maybe that ain't you. Like, just fucking, yeah, like, yeah, box and move, box and move. And maybe that's how you're going to win a fight. Getting in there, giving it the old big one, and then you get fucking ironed out three times on the spin. It's like, no, maybe that ain't your tactic no more. Psychologically, don't fight for the fans. See, Johnny B? Fight the other way. Starting to sound like me, son. I knew I'd have you on side eventually. You made a good point there, son. You got me back <laughs> over there, boy. You made me got me back over there. Mate, so, all right. So now you can. Now you fucking got me thinking. All right. If you, this is the thing with boxing, though. This is the motherfucking thing. And this is what Eddie Earn does, old Silver Tongue. It'll show you a narrative, and then you're watching it on IFL, and then you're like, yeah, I suppose if he started doing that, but well, that's a different story. And then you're fucking buying the next fight, and yeah, this is what happens, man. You get sold now to. But you made a good point. Anyway, go on. Basically, I'm right then, yeah? Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> God. You, I, I'm weak at the moment, man, because I've got fucking a one arm less in my household, man, taking advantage of me. <laughs> oh, dear. Right then, so I suppose we'll move on. Um, other little highlights from the weekend. Moses Atuma, fucking hell. He smashed someone out who, again, doesn't have a pulse, but um, very exciting times for him going ahead. Watch his interview, though. Maybe get a bit mm. of media training, Moses. Fuck me. 
Um, and then Ryan Garcia last night. Yeah, he smashed up Duarte. That was no shock. Um, him and Oscar De La Hoya. Fucking weird, isn't it? Funny. Funny, isn't it? It's brilliant. I mean, the press conference said it all. Oh, he's digging him out. He's just standing fucking two foot behind him. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, he's so strange. What, what did you think of the fight? Did you see the fight? I saw, I, I, I've only seen the highlights in a minute, mate. We're recording this on a Sunday morning, so I ain't had a chance really to watch the whole thing. But, I mean, it was devastating enough, wasn't it? I, I watched the whole fight. I watched it this morning in bed, mate. I just I sat, I just sat there and watched it on my phone this morning uh, on the zone. Fucking brilliant, mate. That, that, do you know, because he said in the, in the press conference that they picked that Duarte, I think his name is, they picked him because they thought that he could beat Garcia. He had something about him and they wanted him to lose. So that was his old little narrative he was spinning. So I think he might be out of contract, uh, Ryan Garcia now. But you know what? That I mean, I'd like to know if there was VADA testing on this fucking fight because that guy, man, he was fucking freakishly strong, man. He could fight. He could fight. He would be a problem for a lot of fighters. Um, he was coming forward. He was a bit hard to figure out, I think, at the time. He had a close guard. He was closing the distance and he was trying to time uh, Garcia on the way in when when Garcia would throw. But uh, you said it last week. Another thing I agree with you. Ryan Garcia, super fucking exciting. Take my money. I want to see him in all of these fights. Like that division is stacked now. £140 division. He went in there against Tank. He lost the fight. You know, some say he quit, quit. Some say didn't. I think he quit in that fight. But whatever, right? He ain't taken loads of damage. I want to see him again. I want to see him again, mate. He's going to be... He, he's an interesting addition, man, to the £140 uh, weight division. And uh, I, I ain't seen hands as fast as he's, mate. I think he's got some of the fastest hands in boxing. Honestly, the way he timed him with that left hook, he does it all the time. Unbelievable power, fast hands. He does stand a bit flat-footed. He does stand a bit with his, you know, his chin over his front foot. But I think he does that to sort of tempt his opponent to swing because he's so confident with his counter. He's got a massive amateur background, uh, Ryan Garcia. He's only fooled by his skills. I think he's two and two with Haney in the amateurs, right? So, Giza can fucking box. And um, yet again, go back, to, go back to psychologically, just got to sort it out up there. Now he's with Derek James. The, the information from Derek James in the corner before he went out and stopped him, it was perfect because Ryan Garcia started to hold his feet because he kept on getting pushed back because his kid was so strong, that Duarte. Then, uh, then all of a sudden, he was sort of holding his feet doing that sort of Mayweather style, but he kept getting clipped around the back of the head and the back. He was complaining, but like the commentator saying, what are you doing? Like, keep moving. Derek James in the corner, he said, um, keep moving, keep on your toes, keep on the outside. You're going to keep him moving. While he's moving, he can't plant his feet and throw. Then you're going to counter him. Went in there, done the exact thing. Counter him, got him out of there. I thought he was going to go to points. I thought, ah, oh, he ain't going to get rid of this geezer. He's too strong. Precise instructions from Derek James got rid of him. Then after, he's like thanking Derek James, thanking everyone, their nan, the dog, their granddad, their mum, their auntie, the fucking chef down the road. <laughs> apart from... Fucking <laughs> Oscar. Apart from, um, yeah, Oscar and Thingy behind him. So, yeah, fucking class, mate. Absolutely class. One day, how many fights he's got left with Golden Boy then? Does anyone I think, know? I think that's it, isn't it? Fuck knows. I don't I know. I think that's it. I had a funny feeling that was it, man. I don't know, man. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's coming to an end, though. That leads us nicely on to this weekend. Haney versus Progray. I'm all frothing at the bit for it now. I can't fucking wait. What are we saying? I'm all over it now. I've been like, <clears throat> I've been making a video on it, um, getting all my research, listening to all the uh, bits and pieces from everywhere. And, uh, oh, mate, I'm all over it now. I'm just buzzing for it. Um, very interesting fight. 
Haney moving up. Progray is a lethal southpaw. Serious banger. Haney, devastating boxer. But will that weight affect him? However, he is actually uh, the same height as Progray. And um, Progray bound to have a little bit more strength. But don't know if... Um, don't know if the size factor is going to be such a big factor in the fight because, as I say, they are similar size and whatnot. However, it is new territory for Haney. So, Kaya, give us your thoughts on the fight, bruv. This is such a good fight. So many different ways, you know. I love the promo. I love the face. Of, you know, the gloves are off. Or How whatever good's they the promo did. been, yeah. It's fucking brilliant. And um, in terms of the fight itself... I mean, firstly, I'll say he's, he's relinquished all the 135 pound belts, so they're all going to be, uh, you know, scrambling down there trying to get them. Lomachenko, you'll, you, I think, is going to fight Cambosis for the vacant IBF. He's number one in the WBO as well, Loma. So Loma will be a world champion again, which is great for boxing. You want to, you want to, you want to see Lomachenko sticking around. I know I've, I see an article the other day as well that uh, Tank Davis is going to be emailed emailed the WBA belt. So uh, and he's, he quote tweeted it and goes, I don't fucking want that shit. So um, all the all the jibes he gave to Devin Haney for getting emailed the WBC belt, the same thing's happening to him. So I think that's quite funny. Um, and Shakur's Shakur, just beating fucking anyone, that you know, everyone that nobody's heard of to fucking win a belt down there. But in terms of Devin Haney moving up, yeah, I mean, look, you've got to respect Devin Haney. Since he turned pro, you always look for the biggest and best fights. And, and giving a voluntary to Lomachenko, I know you lost the fight. Everyone thinks you lost the fight. I thought you lost to Lomachenko. But, to, to, you know, he's taking on the big names in the sports. He's always calling them out. I'm not a massive fan of his style. I think when he wants to win, we saw that in the Cambosis fights, he can win ugly and bore you to tears and put a fucking insomniac to sleep in the words of G-Man himself. It, it, and I think that's... I look, I'll talk about the fight now. I think this is what's going to happen in this fight, chaps. I think Regis is a brilliant pressure fighter um, and he does hit hard, but if Haney don't want to be hit, he just won't get hit. And his feet are superior, his jab superior, and I think he'll win this fight on a jab and I think it'll just be a wide points decision. I hope I'm wrong. hope I'm wrong. I'm, I'm, I want Regis Progre to win this fight because um, I think he's super exciting. And I want him to fucking win. That's it. Because I, I think he excites me a lot more than Devin Haney, but I just can't see it. I can't see it. I think Devin Haney is just, he's just too good at what he does. And I think the difference between him and Shakur, Devin Haney's fighting all the top names and Shakur's trying to fucking just pick off any belt fighting, as I say, all these, all these fucking fighters we never heard of. But yeah, they're my thoughts on the fight, chaps. Johnny B. The Haney hater is turned into the fucking Haney lover by the signs of things, but um, not entirely. Yeah. Well, listen, I love Haney. Do you know that? I, like, I don't love his style. I've got to admit, right? I want to see more from him, right? And we ain't going to see that until he fights a bigger guy, right? Um, but yeah, Haney v. Progray. Look, exactly what you said. Like, Haney, he's, he's, what more can he do? He's fought Linares. He's fought Jojo Diaz. He's fought Cambosa twice, come undisputed. He's gone and fought Loma. Um, and now, you know, he's dropped all the belts, £135. Comes up and says, let's go. I'll fight Regis Prograde for his WBC belt. So um, he's, he's going in there and he's fighting names. However, those fighters are smaller than him. And I've said it before. You ain't going to beat Haney if you've not got a longer reach than him or you're physically a smaller person than him. And I guarantee you, when you see Haney and Prograde standing next to each other at the scales, he's got bigger shoulders, he's got a bigger reach. I know they're the same height, but I think he's going to be like the bigger man in the ring that night. 
and um, it's just his jab. His fucking jab is unbelievable. And he's got that wide stance. He sort of gets sideways on and he doesn't give you much to hit. And it's just like, he's reflex. It's Mayweather. He, he models himself on Mayweather. It's th- those fast twitch muscle fibers, the way he just reads his opponent in, uh, he makes the right decisions. It's, it's unbelievable. Is his chin a little bit suspect? Yeah, maybe. He definitely got caught on the whiskers by Linares. That would have been 20 seconds longer. He may have, um, yeah, he may have lost that fight. But that goes into what we were saying earlier with the psychology. Like a lot of people saying, Haney, you're not entertaining enough. So when in went in there to fight Linares, he definitely fought for the fans that night because he could have made that fight easier on the back foot, but he didn't. I think he wanted to try and entertain the fans a little bit more. But um, interesting because Progray, I rate Progray. He... He can he can move his feet at the same time, sort of throwing his punches. He's got brilliant balance. Um, his southpaw stance, his left hand, his left fucking hook is devastating. Unbelievable power in it. Great timing in it. Is he going to be able to reach and hit Haney with it? I don't think he is. I really don't think he is. I just think that he ain't, I don't know, that last fight against that Zorella, he just followed him around the ring. And like he should be getting that guy out of there. If he ain't getting him out of there, he should be beating him up and beating him uh, convincingly. And I felt he followed him around the ring a bit and I felt like he didn't really know how to cut the ring off. And um, I just looked at that and I thought, if that Zorilla can make you do that, what the fuck do you think Haney's going to make you do? But, you know, I say this as in he's got a puncher's chance. Like that, That's discrediting him. He's got more than a puncher's chance because he's got more looks and he does know how to throw, you know, set traps and throw punches and, and, and make things happen. But I don't, I don't, I think Haney's got to, just going to do what he's going to do to win. And I think we ain't going to see the best of Haney until he just gets in with someone who's, I don't know, he's bigger than him. It goes back to the old Shaco Stevenson thing. They've just mastered the art of being able to stay out of range and hit and not get hit. Um, so, yeah, I think when he needs to, when the pressure's on, he's going to do that to get the win. Um, but interesting, I will say this about Haney. Like, all this stuff with the money, dancing on the Rolls Royce, um, and, and like, I just think him and Bill Haney, they've played a blinder. They know his style is not fan-friendly, but if you look at that face-off that he had with Regis, like, this is what you want to see. Like, he's he's prodding him, he's saying things, you ain't can't do this, you won't do shit, blah, blah, and all that. He's arguing with him. When they've done the press conference, I thought the press conference was, was brilliant. I don't know who Regis Progray's hype man is, but he was fucking wants to employ him again because it wouldn't have got the numbers if it wouldn't have been for him. So they're, whatever they're doing over there, it's working. Like, it's working. Like, they're, they're selling this fight and you can see with the face-off and the press conference, done huge numbers. And a lot of that is to do with entertainment value. So they are playing the game, Bill Haney and uh, and Haney. They know exactly what they're doing. And I think it's working. I think they're really entertaining. So I'm all in. I'm fucking all in for it. Yep. I think we're singing off the same hymn sheet. I struggle to see how Progray's got much of a chance in this other than the puncher's chance. I really do. I know, they, I know you said there that that's discrediting him. But from what I've seen of Haney, I just don't see Progray, first of all, landing much. And, um, yeah, I think Haney's just going to be keeping it at distance all night. He's going to be using his jab all night. Um, I don't think Progre will get much chance. And the Zorilla fight, you can only be as good as your last fight. The Zorilla fight was very lacklustre, very bleak, really. Um, he couldn't cut off the ring well. Um, yeah, and he just he couldn't get to he couldn't get to Zorilla really. So I don't see how he's going to get to Haney. I know he was trying to survive that Zorilla, but 
I think that that doesn't bode well going into this fight. And Haney coming off of a Lomachenko fight where, I mean, name me another fight where you have to be as switched on. You've got to be the most switched on you could ever be because that guy is just lethal with his movement. And him going from the Lomachenko fight into this fight, I think that's brilliant because mm. now Progre is nowhere near going to be that sort of speed. So Haney's going to have his way with him, move around him. And uh, yeah, I just think it'd be too quick for him. I don't think he'll get the knockout, but it'll be a probably a sort of boring cruising points victory for and me. Depending on what happens in this uh, fight will tell us all we need to know about that division and who's going to rule that division. Cause Tiafimo Lopez, I mean, he's the man at the minute, I suppose, isn't he? Then obviously you've got Josh Taylor. Is he going to come good again? Um, and, and Mateus, he looks wicked, mate. He, I mean, that fight that he had the other day was unbelievable. And then, I mean, Catterall's still flying around there. So, yeah, mate. Um, Tank, is, is he? Could he go up there? Is he gonna? Is he gonna fight those boys? Wine Garcia. There's so Might many. Be good a bit fight. much. A bit too much of a stretch in it. Yeah, I think, I think Shakur could, goes up there. I think Shakur I think goes up there, up there pretty quickly. Uh, but Shakur, by you know, by the looks of it, is just is looking to just pick off belts and retire and call himself as fucking 17 world weight world champion by fighting nobody. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even following Shakur's career at the minute until he fucking fights someone half decent. But uh, we've got some good British interest in that 140 pound division. You know, as you said, Jack Cattrall, Dalton Smith's in there. Adam Zim is in there. I think they they could all knock on the door for a world title in the next couple of years. Um, for how how you highly know. you rate Dalton Smith, right? What chance would you give Dalton Smith against um, Ryan Garcia? I'll give him a, a, a very good chance against Ryan Garcia. Very good chance. Yeah, he can whack, he can box. He can box off the back foot, front foot. Uh, good shot variation. Um, yeah, he's, he's got a very good chance. He just needs a couple more fights at sort of fringe world level. And I think you just chuck him in there. What is he, 26, 27 years of age? Why the fuck not? I think he's ranked with the WBC. I looked at it the other day, ranked eighth or ninth for the WBC. Yeah, mate. Well, that's, you know, all roads lead for Dalton Smith having a well-titled shot in the next 18 months, I'd say. And they're talking about Adam Azim as well, being a, being a close to it as well. We'll see, though, with Adam Azim. Um, I think I think Dalton Smith gets cleaned out by Ryan Garcia. Yeah. I think they all do. You love the Ryan Garcia, do you? Think, you got a fucking think, picture of him in your wallet, mate. I think his level to this game. And I think Ryan Garcia... Tank, Devin Haney, I think they play with Dalton Smith, Adam Azim, and who's the other guy you said? Don't put Ryan Garcia in the same bracket as Tank. We saw what fucking happened there, didn't we? You still owe me a score for that and all, you cunt. You said that the other day. Did we have a bet on that? <laughs> yeah, score. we did, but you can keep the score. It's all right. I feel bad now because you got yeah you've had to grow an extra arm. So uh, <laughs> I was out working score, Saturday night. I was out fucking. I never ever worked Saturday nights. I was out working Saturday night, man, in my fucking cab, boy, driving around picking up all the drunks. Fucking yeah. Um, what about Catrell versus Haney? I mean, I know it's not really, there's not a lot in it for Haney at the minute. But how do you see that fight going? I don't want to see that. I see me needing some matchsticks <laughs> to fucking jar my eyelids open if that fight ever happens. <laughs> yeah. But other than, yeah. <laughs> other than that, um, no, I don't want to see that. These are the type of fights I don't want to see. I know we're all for 50-50 fights. I know, but he deserves but it, doesn't he, Catrell? you're a boring fighter that wants to win, yeah, but I want Catrell to be in a... Give Catrell Tiafimo Lopez. Yeah. Why not? He's ranked in the WBO. I'd like to see that fight fight because Tiafimo will come to fight and he'll draw Catrell into a fight. And um, 
And you know what? That's a that's a uh, coin flip for me who wins that fight because I, I think Cattrall's that good that he can win a world title. But um, I don't want to see uh, a slick southpaw who boxes off the back foot against another slick fighter who That'd uses hard the sell, jab. Wouldn't it? That'd be oh, a hard sell, man. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. Yeah, I'll be just on my phone looking at porn up the old time. Imagine watching a round robin with Shaco Stevenson, Haney and Catterall. <laughs> Oh. I walk out the fucking gym, I think. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not for me. Fair enough, fair enough. Yes, so I think um, a landslide for Haney this weekend, but um, it could be interesting if Pro Grey lands just one. Just one is all he needs to uh, get his attention. And that's all it takes. Yeah. I mean, he, he was he was seriously rocked by Linares. Another 20 seconds, I tell you what, Linares... Probably gets him out of there. He really does. He was fucking wobbling about like 100%. a big wobbly bollock, mate. Um, but but the only thing is, you know, what I mean, and the he speed, does get hit, Haney. I know, but the speed, does. the speed of Linares, he's a lot faster than Progre. If Progre lands, he will clean his clock for him. He will clean his clock for him if he lands. I just don't think he's going to land because I think um, Haney's got it's too much on the line for Haney yeah. now. He's like carving out this legacy and he to be one of the best that's ever done it. And you can't be losing to Regis Progray if that's gonna you know. I said it in I said it in the video. The only thing career. the only thing that might change things as well is if Haney goes in there with um intentions to do damage because he wants to make such a statement or because of the emotions of the war of the words that they've had throughout the build up and that makes him want to get a fucking knockout and he starts engaging, but yeah, I think he's smart enough, Haney, to know that he wasn't there. Yeah, it's the, I think he's smart he enough dare. to know that that's not the uh, that's not the way to go yeah, in this look, fight. Haney's last fights: Gamboa won a unanimous decision, Linares unanimous decision, Diaz unanimous decision, Cambosis unanimous decision, Cambosis unanimous decision, Loma unanimous. That that's his record. That's his, his last fights. Do you know what I mean? So he's just going up there to get that WBC belt. And the thing is, even if you've got a slightly longer reach than Haney, he's still going to have a better jab than you because he's got better timing fast its muscle fibres, his in-and-out movement of his feet, and we just progress has got a four-inch shorter reach than Haney. So, yeah, it's open-shut for me. He's going to win on points. Get your money on that, boys. Put your fucking mortgage on it, Haney points. Actually, don't do that. Actually, don't, based on our fucking re- recent record. Fucking <laughs> hell. Right then, Chris Billum-Smith. And Masternak. Can't say I am frothing at the bit for this fight, but uh, what are you laughing at? No, I just, I just, <laughs> whenever we speak about boxer lately, I know what it is, and it? it's just our like bench no, let, me go, let me go first. Oh, go go yeah. Actually, you go first. You can empty your fucking testicles let now. Me let, me, let me just say that um, Masternak, he's been around a long time since 2006, 31 knockouts. He's only been knocked out once. So. He's, yeah, he's only been down a couple of times. He's um, every time he's gone up to the sort of top level, it hasn't happened. Lost to lost to Bellew, lost to Yuri Galanga. Um, yeah, just never really beat anyone of note. Could be a twelve round slugfest like Chris Billum Smith likes to do. Um, so yeah, Johnny B, we come. Who, who am I going to first? There, I heard uh, Go to Johnny. <laughs> he's just frothing at anything boxer. He's going to be all over it. Ben Shalom, you're about to get a coat in, probably. <laughs> no, I'm going to tear you two a new one. I'm tearing you two a new on. one, right? So last week, 
Because I was saying about... I, I think last week, it just got a bit... We, we had a mad podcast last week, right? And I think you both just fucking lost your head at this point, right? Last week, right? So, Kyle, you were saying that Chris Bill and Smith should leave Boxer. And then, uh, Unc, you started saying, well, maybe you should go to Wasserman. I've gone total bollocks. And then Ring Raps has jumped in. Everyone started speaking. I had some shit to unload, but I couldn't get it out. And then before we knew it, we moved on to something else. Chris Billiam Smith should be fucking sucking Ben off. That's what he should be doing, right? Because let's get it right. Let's get it right, okay? When he was with Eddie Hearn, he wanted to go down to Bournemouth, right? And he wanted to bring big time boxing down to Bournemouth. But Eddie Hearn wouldn't do it. Eddie Hearn was saying, no, we need a big dance partner for us to go down there. In the end, he's in, I, had the, I think the last fight with Eddie was the McCarthy fight. He's gone over to Boxer. Since he's been with Boxer, he's had the Chamberlain fight that Zhongpong, or whatever his name is, and he's had the Akoli fight. So they, so Ben has delivered Chris William Smith... Zhongpong? Uh, uh, a big... T- Zhongpong, yeah? Is jo- oh, Zhongpong. Zhongpong. Zhongpong, right? So he has... Did he win Wimbledon and all the other? So he Zhongpong. has delivered... Chris Billiam Smith, big time boxing down to Bournemouth, which Eddie Hearn wouldn't do. She's got all those Bournemouth fans all out there singing and cheering for Chris Billiam Smith against fights that he's expected to win. Puck a couple of fights, knocks out that Zhongpong, fucking has a wicked fight with Chamberlain, and then he delivers him, he delivers him a world title fight against Akoli. He delivers him world title. Then he goes in there and dreams come true. He wins the world title against Akoli. So as far as I can see... We give Boxer, you know, we give old Ben Storm a bit of stick. Oh, You've got to eat me. some words there, boys. You've got to say that they've done a yeah. good job with Chris Brennan Smith. Because where was he going to go with, with Eddie Hearn, right? So that's all I say there, right? We lost our head with with uh, Ben Shalom last week. They put they put him in there with Lacoli because he thought Lacoli wouldn't win. They fed him Lacoli because they thought. Well, they would have had a winner win either way, and then either way they've got a winner that's going to go and fight React Paul, who they really think is going to win. So why are they protecting all their fighters except Chris Billum Smith? I then? said Wasserman because, all right, he's probably doing all right financially. And yes, you're bang on, actually. Ben Shalom has given him some amazing opportunities that um, Eddie Earn wouldn't have done. But I said Wasserman because he's at the point now where he's a world champion. He's, I mean, he's due a mega financial fight. And Ben Shalom probably ain't going to give him that because Ben Shalom, as G-Man says, wants to keep everything in-house, wants to sort of just, I suppose, soft touches, soft touches on the way up. But if he did go with like a Wasserman or someone, they could get him, because they work with everyone, they could get him in all sorts of places and and get him a really, really mega financially life-changing fight. That's why I said Wasserman anyway. But he's going to get, the thing is, he's going to fight Masternak, right? So Masternak, he's, for me, I think there's, Good matchmaking is. They're going to fight Masternak. Masternak. Masternak and Zhongpong. They're going to fight <laughs> Masternak, right? Masternak's not fought for a year, right? His last fight was yeah. against Jason Waitley, right? That was a year ago. He's had 47, no, 52 fights. He's lost five times. Interesting, though, he's never been stopped, right? Tough as fuck Polish-like guy, right? We know exactly what he's going to do. He's a good fighter. He, he throws his shots well, puts his shots together well, knows his way around the ring. He's got quite good defense, hard-hitting, but it's going to be like a typical cruiser fight, European fight. They're both going to come in. It's going to be a war of attrition. I think it might go to points. I don't know if he's going to stop Masternak. The fact that he's been out of the ring for a year, I think probably says that. He's probably picking the fight at the right time. And then um, and then that's it. And then he's going to get the react poor fight. It's going to be on Sky Sports. That's 
that's probably one of the biggest money fights out there for Chris Billiam Smith. I mean, don't get me wrong, guys. Yeah, I enough. feel I know where you're coming from because I think what they really want is the React poor. That's who they've really been, you know, they're, they're really sort of been hyping. I fancy they think that uh, um, React poor is going to win the fight. But um, I don't know. I think they've done an unbelievable job for him. And I know Eddie Yearn come in with the Jai Opatea and uh, why didn't React poor take that fight? But I think that would have messed up this little in-house thing that they want to do. But after the uh, the React Poor fight, if he beats Masternak, then he fights React Poor, then Akoli comes back into the fray. And like, where the fuck is Akoli? Because he lost the fight to Chris William Smith. Is he in the fucking dark room with AJ and fucking Dillian White? Where's Akoli gone? Where the fuck is he? Why didn't he take the rematch? So he's obviously sitting in the dark room just waiting for fucking Chris William Smith to beat Masternak. Then to fight React Poor, then he's going to pop his head out. And then that's that's the fight they're going to make. All right, listen, you said it was good matchmaking, but they, they were forced to take the Masternick fight. They paid him to pull himself out of the IBF uh, rankings. He was going to fight Opatire because he was next in line. Yeah, they were trying to get Opatire to fight Richard React Poor. Billum Smith fights Masternick. Then the two fight in this big blockbuster unification. Eddie Earn come in and fuck all of that up, right? Sort of signed up a tire and went, oh, what's this fucking bullshit uh, contract they've sent you? Right, okay, we'll go to purse bids and Ben Shalom does whatever he does and just pulls all his fighters out of purse bids because he cannot bear to see one of his fighters fight on another network because he's literally hanging on by a thread over there at uh, Sky Sports. So, yeah, I, I think Chris Billum Smith was fed. I, I disagree with you, John. I think he was fed a Coley because a Coley was supposed to beat him in his own town. And uh, Coley was then going to go on and be a superstar, fight Richard Riakpour, got up to heavyweight and all that bollocks. And now he's in that dark room, you, you know, you're talking about. So I don't know. If I'm Billum Smith, I'll ride out my contract and I'll go, I'll go chase the fights in Saudi Arabia. And you're only going to do that if you're not with Boxer. That's where the money is now in the next two to three years. Chris Billum Smith is a brilliant fighter, thoroughly entertaining. Love watching him fight. Can't remember I've ever seen him in a boring fight. He is not going to make the money that his dedication and talent deserves on Sky Sports, but purely because Ben Shalom and Boxer, they don't have an in with the Middle East. It's that simple. That simple. He needs to get over to either Queensbury or I think Eddie Earn will have him back. Open arms. Why not? Yeah, Why not? Well, well Eddie Earn don't yeah. give a shit. He just after the pound note. For who? For, to fight who? What? Jai Apatia? Apatia. Yeah. Ready made unification fight. In in Saudi, if if that if that could pay the money in Saudi. Yeah. And don't think the McGuigans, they're all about the pan note as well. They're, they're gonna be in Billum Smith's era going, do you know what? Get, you know, do we really need boxer anymore? We've made we've done what we can out of them. Let's get back over to the zone. They've got the ins with the with Turkey Ali El Sheikh. And um don't don't think Shane McGuigan ain't sitting there going, I'd rather have ten percent of that. Or fifteen percent of that, then what you know, whatever Sky Sports is going to fucking pay us. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Stick uh, Billum Smith Rapport on pay per view? They're not going to put that on pay per view. That's not a pay per view fight, is it? If they do put that on no. pay per view, do fuck all buyers. I tell you that, fuck all buyers. I ain't buying that. Mind you, I probably would buy it because it's me. But I guarantee you the casuals ain't buying that fight unless you stick a load of fucking fights on the undercard, which they haven't got. So you no. know, what'd you do? I mean, that's by the way. My tip is: this is this is if Chris Billiam Smith beats Masternak, you know he's going to beat him. Go on. You heard it here first. He's gonna it's going to be a body shot. It's going to beat him, right? 
You heard it. For, if, if that happens, then it's going to be a body shot. He fights with his fucking elbows way up in the air, old Masternak, right? When he when he comes in, I think Shane McGregor, new style, isn't it? He loves a uh, he loves a body shot. So all right. So how about this then? So the WBA, they've got this uh, new division they've created. Yeah, the Super Cruiserweight division. So it's two hundred and twenty pounds to two hundred and twenty-five pounds. So they're going to stick the WBA whatever Super Cruiserweight belt on it, going in line with fucking that old. Mauricio Solomon and the WBC uh, Bridgeweight division, same thing, £200 to £225. What do you think about this new division? Is it good for boxing? Is it bad for boxing, right? Get this. Deontay Wilder, right, has fought seven out of his last nine fights has been below £224. So basically, this fucking division could be the, the Deontay Wilder division, right? Get this. Obviously, a lot of these cruiserweights that we're talking about, you dry up a tire, his last fight, he weighed in at £199. So he could obviously cut a more pound. He's going to make the weight division. Chris Billiam Smith against Akoli weighed £200. So all of these cruiserweights we're talking about, all they've got to do is eat a couple of more Big Macs and their toes over the line. They're going into this new super cruiserweight division, right? But so what are we thinking there, though? Because my argument with it, I've had this argument before with, with Kyle when we was talking about the bridgeweight division. I just thought, like, isn't this going to thin out both divisions? You've got some of the best guys in the cruiserweight division. They're going to be able to navigate their way, avoid fights, and go into this new super cruiserweight division, right? It's going to go up a weight. Or are we going to get your Wilders, your U6, your smaller type of heavyweights? Are they going to come down from the heavyweight division? Do you know what I'm saying? Does that thin out the heavyweight division? Too many fucking it's belts. fucking pointless. Or... You think what? What's pointless? The, the weight, the, the division. Yeah, I think it's total shit. What's the point? Just it ain't broke. Don't need fixing. <laughs> What's the point? And also try selling that to the casuals. Who wins? Wilder v Dry Apatia. Apatia win, wins that fight. Oh mate, Apatia fucking is getting Apatia's lethal. Can't mate. make heavyweight. Apatia can't make heavyweight. Yes, he can. I, I think Apatia cleans out the whole cruiserweight division easy. I reckon he can come become undisputed in that division. Who agrees with that? Could yeah. does anyone touch Opataya? What you've seen, a scary fella, mate. But he yeah, can't fight. He can't fight. Why do you not think Opataya can get to heavyweight? Why not? Nah, I don't think so. Usyk I don't think did. He's big enough. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he could. Put, I don't know. He, the size of him, his shape. I don't think he can. Maybe, maybe he can nah. go up there. Maybe he can put the weight on. Like Gassiev just got up to heavyweight. Bradis has talked about. It. Anyway, listen. These are my views, right? I've always been in favour of it. When I mean in favour, like, I'm not going to fucking lose sleep if they don't do it or if they do do it, right? It, to me, it's like, whatever. Yeah, if they do do it, I'm not all up in arms about it like fucking like loads of people are. Like, it's going to thin out the division. It's going to, it's all for the belts and the money from the, the sanctioning bodies. I get all of that. I know they're just creating more belts to get more money from these fighters. But they, look, there are a lot of human beings in the world. Like, Joe Rogan used to call them tweeners, right? They're in between one weight and another. The UFC's got a big problem with it, actually. They've got, I think it's in between lightweight and welterweight, something like 20 pounds, right? So if the human anatomy, you know, blesses you, you know, to be a certain size, that's fine. But sometimes in life, you're not, you're too big for one weight and you're too small for a fucking other weight. That's just the way you're, you know, that God made you. And look, if you go down to the smaller weights, they're going up and down every four pounds, four pounds. Right, hasn't fucking 
well, I think originally when, when they started doing that, everyone was up in arms about it, but no one says boo to a goose anymore about it. So what I'm saying is like 175 pounds is the, is the light heavyweight limit. Then it goes up to 200 pounds for the cruiserweight. And then that's it. So all, there must be a million fellas out there that want to chance their arm at boxing that are too fucking small for an heavyweight, too big to, to be a, a cruiserweight, right? Must be a million fellas out there. So they go in the gym, you know, try and do a weight cut or whatever and whatever, you know, can't make the weight or too small for the heavyweight. So doesn't it open up the sport? You're saying it, you know, it dilutes it and it might do for the short term. But if you're talking 20 years down the line, don't it open up the door for loads of loads of other men and women to take part in the sport and, you know, potentially become a world champion. I'm not saying now, now it's a bit of a money grab, but down the line, so it's a big weight fucking difference. You're talking about 200 to 224 pounds, right? That's what you're saying. That's fucking nearly two stone, isn't it? 14 pounds to a stone. So it's two stone, uh, that whole weight class is a two stone weight class. But what uncle's saying is true. It's like Usyk, he could do it. And surely there's a certain threshold. You get to a certain size, it's like, you can knock anyone the fuck out when you're 200 pounds. Whether or not you're 250 pounds, don't really matter because you're at that size. You're big enough now. You've got yeah, enough. So, good luck to him. Fucking well done. God <laughs> bless you. God bless you in the, in the way that he blessed you. Look at someone like Callum Smith, for example. Right? I'll use him as an example. 168 pounds. Couldn't do it anymore. Ended up, you know, just getting his arm punched off by Canelo. So he's up at 175. Fucking new lease of life. But could you see, I don't know. Who's a, who's a fucking small super middleweight? Chris Eubank Jr. Right, went up to 160. Imagine him going up to fucking light heavyweight. Just what I'm trying to say here is the human body is what it is, right? You are born who you are. So some, some, some people will be able to do it and some people won't. So th- all I'm saying is this will open the door down the line for those that can't be another Usyk. Or can't, is what I mean, you made the point there, Opatia. Why can't Opatia go up? to fucking heavyweight. Maybe he's too fucking small. Oh, is it unfair? If he's got to fight Tyson Fury, is it unfair? Is it unfair? Some geezers' cocks are bigger than others. It's just unfair, isn't it? It's just the way it is. Yeah, I mean, I feel sorry for you boys, man. But do you know this? (laughs) Talking about natural stuff, though, get on this for mental, for fucking mental. You know when the the heavyweight division, that used to be £170. £170. So, like, this is what they're saying, the WBC and the WBA nature, human beings, we're just getting fucking bigger. I don't know why. Why what is why is that? Why the fuck is everyone getting bigger? Oh, nah, but where like, but where does it where does it end? Yeah, where does it end? Yeah, exactly. Fucking £350. If we're doing that, if we're doing that, then then all right, okay, we need another weight division for um that fucking big cunt value ev. Oh, got, he should have his own weight division as well. You know what I mean? It'd just be him and Big Baby Miller, wouldn't it? Do you know what I mean? But I, I just, I just think, leave it as it is. Fuck it, like, oh, do, no, it's, it's just a money grab. Do you know what it is, though, Unc? Do you know what it is, right? If there weren't so much corruption and fuckery in boxing, I know what you're saying. You'd be like, yeah, like let's have all these different weight divisions. It would make sense. But because we know a lot of these weight divisions are used for people to avoid fighters, and you go down to that weight division, you get a little fucking. Yeah alphabet belt and you go up to it and everyone's just not fighting the guys that they're meant to be fighting you're like, oh, i'm a world champion at this division oh yeah what does that fucking mean like that that division's thin i don't know so like, it's gonna be with the, that, bri- the with bridge weight the bridge weight division's here now the bridge weight division's here now who gives a fuck about that well when wilder goes down to one of those divisions and he gets the belt 
And then all of a sudden, they just need a couple of big fighters to go in there into one of those divisions. Tango, have an unbelievable fight, and they just start making history. That's it. It's, it's, all, it's all it takes. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, you are right. The light heavyweights yeah. were there. They were there from, from years ago. It's just other things like the super featherweights and the fucking super middleweights, the light welterweights, all that shit just come in over, you know, over time because they're finding out that there was there were guys that were tweeners. Go back to that word, tweeners. So, you know what? I can see people's apprehension to add it to the sport. I can see it. But to me, it's like, you know, it just creates opportunities. So, what, right, let's for, let's go for, across the board here. Let's everyone say what what's your. So, are you for it or against it? So go on, Kyle. Finish your point. Are you like, and then we we'll go I around. Think, I think in that in that uh, the weight class they're trying to add, I'm for it. I don't think there's room for any others down be- below that. But Hold I think on. in that one, particular one, weight class, one seven five to two hundred, that's the same gap. So now you're saying from light heavyweight to cruiserweight, you want one there as well, bruv? No, yeah, well, that's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. No, light heavyweight is 175. Yeah. So cruiserweight's 200. Yeah. So what's that? 25 pounds. Yeah, but they're going cruiserweight, aren't they? The cruiserweight is 200. So cruiserweight to super cruiserweights, another 25 yeah. pounds. So that's it's just the same fucking thing. So you, so you're for it. I, I think there's room for one more All up right. at those bigger weights. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Unk. Oh, no, I just want to leave it as it is. I just think it. I just think it is what it is. Your body's. You're born the way you are. It's what it is, right? Usyk, Usyk was, I suppose, a big cruiserweight, and he could make the heavyweight. Jai Opatia, I don't see why he can't just fucking fatten himself up to get up to heavyweight, and he, he could still be a foot. He, he knows he's never going to be a massive concussive puncher in the fucking. <laughs> I'm laughing at John. He's doing a little needle there. Um, <clears throat> he's never going to be, if he goes up to heavyweight, he'll never be a concussive fucking puncher in the heavyweight division because that's just the way his body is. But he can be a lethal little mover like Usyk. Um, yeah, so I just think, leave it what it is. I just think the heavyweight division is is the one that just leave it. It just don't need changing. There are a lot it? of men out there and women. I don't want to rule the women out of this, but there are a lot of men out there that um, that would fit the bill here, and um, you know, might want to chance their arm at it. I just feel like it might create opportunities, and I'm all for that. Create more opportunities, more paychecks, more uh, more fights for us to watch, more interest. Oh, don't tell me you're not watching Opatia versus Wilder. Come on, yeah, I am, but it's a fucking I am, good but fight. I want to see it heavyweight. You're both looking at me like that now, going, yeah, yeah why not? At the super cruiserweight division. Yeah, but just fuck it. Leave it a heavyweight, bollocks. <laughs> I can see the arguments for it, but part of me is just, just fucking leave it. I think it was just the propensity to thin out both divisions and just gives too much excuses for people not to fight each other, people to come down. And as I say, Usyk's maybe a, a perfect example that he might be giving away height, you know, size, reach, but because his skill and his guile and his ability to close a distance, you know, get in the right positions to get his shots off, you wouldn't have noticed there was a massive difference between him and Anthony Joshua. Um, uh, look, I thought you're going to get rid of, if you're going to fucking, you know, have this argument, get rid of some of those lower weight fucking belts. Light flyweight to flyweight. It's four pounds. I'd fucking do turds that are bigger than that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> Super bantamweight to, to featherweight is four pounds. Bantamweight, is, it's all four pounds. You know, what's four pounds? You can lose that in a sauna in fucking 10 minutes. So what I'm saying is, if you're going to start digging out fucking weight classes, get rid of some of them shitty ones down below. 
Mm. Fucking shit. That's where all of them dehydrating themselves as well, and that's what fucking four pound. The, the, the top and the bottom of it is this: is that the the strength and depth of the weight division it won't be that good because at the end of the day, there's Not to only begin with. There's only so many heavyweights that could probably make that. There ain't going to be loads, right? There, there ain't going to be loads of heavyweights that could just loads of heavyweights that have got the clout, got the broadcaster behind them, got the skills, got the power to just go under that 125. There's not going to be loads of them. And then there's only so many cruiserweights that are, you know, really struggling to to, to get to, I don't know. To, I don't think there's going to be loads of them. I don't think there's going to be that much strength and depth of it. So, yeah. I've well, look, look, let it. me give you an example, chaps. And this might end the fucking conversation here. Gassiev, right? Brilliant, brilliant cruiserweight. Goes up, loses to Otto Wollin, right? Who's you know in his own right half decent heavyweight, but he's not you know it's not no fucking you know you're not going to remember Otto Volin in thirty years, are you? Let's be honest. But Gassiev, fantastic cruiserweight, goes up. It's too fucking small. It's too small going up there for a paycheck because it's the heavyweights, it's the glamour division. But you're too small to win fights up there. There ain't going to be too many. Was he Usyk's. too small, or did Otto Wallin just yeah. outbox him? Yeah, or was he not good enough? He just weren't good he enough. Good enough he for cruiserweight, bruv. He lost to Usyk. Yeah, but fucking hell, that was a competitive fight, man. So that right. didn't end shit, did it? Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, mate, we could be here all day, mate, going round in circles. Look, Gassiev was a unified world champion, right? A cruiserweight. He's never winning a belt at heavyweight. He's too small. That's what ends the conversation. It's not Next. that he's too small, is it? It's not that he's too small, though, is it? I think it is. It's not that he's too small because he was the same size as Usyk at one point. So Usyk was just more skillful than really. him. And Usyk he beat... was maybe a bit bigger. <laughs> Dude, but but still, it weren't that much, was it? It was only a tiny Listen, we bit. We were talking Hold about on. four pound turds a, a minute bit. ago. And Usyk... But anyway. Yeah, no, but okay. Usyk and Gassiev, they were a similar a similar weight when they fought, right? Usyk went up to heavyweight because he's so skillful and so good. He knew like he's not going to be the concussive knockout puncher, but he knew he could rely on his boxing ability. That's why he beat AJ and uh, he might become the undisputed heavyweight There's champion. not many Usyk's, bruv, in the world. I know, I know, but that's what it is. That's what it is. It's all about skill, isn't it? Gassiev couldn't beat Otto Wallin because Otto Wallin was more skillful. It wasn't size. Well, then let fucking Anuwe go up and fight Joshua then, if it's about skill. Let, let him fight Pong Dong. <laughs> what, what Kai's saying is that Usyk is uh, extraordinary, so it's all right for him to go up and do that, but then there's going to be these other fighters that are going to want to rely on a bit of strength and power and, you know, working their way through a fight. So why can't we just create a division for those guys where it's a little bit fairer? Like, an example, those like, a Coley struggles... Wait, doesn't he? Like he, he yeah. could easily go up. React Wilder is the same. And React Poor, and then Wilder could come down. So then you've got those guys that could meet there. But what I'm saying to you is that once they've all fought, once they fight each other, right? They don't f- fucking fight once a year anyway. Once they fight, then what? Then what? Like, what, what, what next? Do you know what I mean? It's just, well, just like. Look for the next fight. And the next fight. And the next fight. And eventually the division grows. We get more people in boxing and it creates more. Brilliant nights for us to sit in front of the TV, or get less. our fucking Domino's pizza, or less, and uh, and watch watch some fights. It's fucking everyone moaning for, but they never do. You say you say you say when everyone fights each other, they never do fucking fight each other. That's the problem. 
Uh, to be well, fair hopefully to this Usyk, fucking new division because there's less money in to it. To be fair to Usyk, he did fight everyone. Yeah, but you can't. Usyk's the first. Listen, did I say so? My so missus has got one arm, right? So I've got to fucking go, bro. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, go. I think we've fucking spoken a bit too much, innit? Okay, then. There we go. We've solved all the problems of this new division. Fuck it off. Anyway. I think uh, we're pretty much done, haven't we? Oh, well, bit of Connor, Ben and Eubank. Oh, fuck Hi. that. I ain't talking about that. Do you even mate. want to go there? No, nah, no, nah, I don't want to talk about that. What's, the, what's there to <laughs> say that I've said a fucking thousand times? Fight or don't fight, I don't give a fuck about either of them. Don't want to hear any more interviews. Don't give a flying monkey's toss. I think the British Boxing Board of Control are correct. There we are. Big words. Johnny B. <laughs> I think they've not given uh, Conor Benley's license to fight Chris Eubank Jr. And uh, I'm just outraged. And I just think that, I just can't believe it. I think Eddie Hearn, he's lost all credibility. His integrity is in the fucking mud. I do. I genuinely do. It's just oh, that. fucking hell. Here we you go. You failed your drug test. All right. He's saying <sighs> that he went to whatever the UK had fucking anti-doping uh, uh, hearing. Oh, I can't do I'm this. I'm going to finish and I'm done. I'm just going to finish. I'm just going to say gonna, what I'm going to say. You're going to talk right? about it for fucking and 48 <laughs> hours now. <laughs> sound bites. He's cleared to Go fight. On. He's cleared to fight. So the British Boxing Board of Control are obviously privy to some information and they're not happy with the reason of why he's cleared to fight. So the rumour is it because it was on jurisdiction. So I just think, right, you know, Conor Ben, Eddie Hearn, don't, why don't you just say to everyone, oh, you know, we're clear to fight because we showed evidence that there was contamination or whether the clomiphene in his body was due to egg consumption, whatever the fuck it is, and we can move on. Because if we don't, if we don't do that, then that means every boxer out there can just take drugs. They can just take drugs. And it don't matter if you get caught taking drugs. Take drugs. If you fail two drugs tests, all you have to do totally is just agree. go to UK, get it fucking done on your jurisdiction and say, I'm clear to fight, and then keep fighting on. So I just think he owes it to himself, Eddie Earn owes it to Matchroom, and they owe it to the fans to just tell us why he's fucking clear to fight. What was it? Was it jurisdiction or was it not? Because if not, I think that everyone out there might as well go and fucking take drugs to fight, become a Frankenstein, because it don't matter if you get caught. Super cruiserweight. Super cruiserweight. <laughs> oh, dear. That's my piece. <laughs> everyone knows that I'm right, man. All these probably boxing fans out there, they know that I'm fucking spitting the truth here, man. They know, man. They know. Fucking liberties. I don't have any more energy to give to the Chris Eubank fucking Connor. Well, you, don't situation. you think that, like, I don't the, even the give a fuck about the and the credibility was, of Eddie yeah, Earns? I, I really don't. <laughs> I don't care, John. Fuck it. <laughs> I just fell asleep for five minutes. It was only a minute, son. Come on, I now. I fell asleep for five minutes when you was talking. Yeah, well, fuck it off. Fucking power nap. It is getting boring. However, I mean, yeah, it's interesting because fuck knows what they're going to do now. Eddie's saying they're not going to go to Abu Dhabi or Dubai. I hope they Abu Dhabi do. <laughs> See what I mean? That's more interesting than anything to do with the fight, that joke. Fucking class. I hope they <laughs> Abu Dhabi do. Class. Anyway, thank you very much, people. It's uh, It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Johnny B. Thank you, Kaya. Nice of Andy Murray to make an uh, appearance this week. And, um, yeah. well, <laughs> I fucking um... forgot about that. I felt like about three days ago. <laughs> <laughs> Boris Becker is coming on next week. So then, 
Thank you, people. We shall. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, anyway, oh, hope you all mate. enjoy the Haney Pro Grey fight and the uh, uh, Chris Billum Smith Masternak fight. We'll see you next week. Peace out for now. A Town. Bosh. 